0: Welcome back, you guys. Here we are. Long time no see. These weeks fly by. <laughs> they, <laughs> they do. They fly by. Quick. Episode four.
1: Thanks for coming back if you're coming back, by
0: the way. Yeah. Welcome back to the AHG way. We are getting into the process of finding a home for buyers. And uh, this has been fun. We're going to cover some neat stuff today. Last week we talked about the finding process, what people are looking for, and what criteria matters, and how flexible they can be. So that was a fun episode. Uh, today we're going to talk about negotiations that's fun. Even more exciting. And inspections.
1: And inspections. That's very much part of the
0: negotiation, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. The inspection negotiations. Good point. So we're going to cover that today. We are. And I did my homework. I did. Good job.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) We're grateful for that.
0: All right. So negotiations. First of all, let me ask a question about last week's content. First instinctive answer, one word, What's the average amount of time it takes to find a house for a buyer from when they've sat in your office to go over the initial consultation to when they um, get, a, get an accepted offer? One word, number of months. Or weeks or days, however you want to measure Six it. Six weeks. Six weeks for Chris. That's your first, that's your gut instinct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say three months. Three months, okay. Good perspective. So, so call Chris. With, yeah. So, <laughs> which it's, it's somewhere in there. It's longer. It's longer than it used to be.
1: Right. Yeah. It, it's just the opposite of what you'd think because of market, right? Yeah. But, yeah.
0: And, and with some people, some people are lucky. It's yeah. weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Yep. Cool. Okay. So negotiations. I'm going to ask you another question here. I'm going to format this a little bit differently you guys and we're not here to we're not here to disrespect other agents so we won't use any names but what is the biggest fail that you see when you receive offers as a listing agent from a buyer's agent what's the biggest fail that you see that maybe that and i know that's a harsh word but
2: zero communication
0: okay i mean great exactly that's what i'm saying. after
2: yeah they, they, they what, you, So
0: walk me through what that looks like
2: it looks like you <laughs> i hope get an email <laughs> and says doesn't even say anything. Here's an offer and you've got an attachment. Attachment. Okay. That's it. No pre-attached letter. Is
0: a a purchase and sale agreement. That's right.
1: With nothing else. There's no presentation. I mean there's no presentation of the buyer. So the, the agent sent it to us. Okay. We have no idea anything about that buyer. So that yep. so there's been no marketing of the buyer to try to make the buyer yeah. look appealing right. to me as the listing agent. So you do you just archive that? Do you even open
0: it up? <laughs> you want to? It's against you the law. want to? Yeah, design. you have, have to present to. that by law. So we have, I have to present offers, but man, it's you're you're absolutely right. Okay. Well, and two, on the flip side, it creates
2: creates situation where we have to reach out. Yeah. Right. So I was going to so, say that's the next thing. Now I got a call. So the flop is. Okay. As, a, as an agent representing yep. a buyer, part of our success strategy, and this is where that really comes into play, yeah. is knowing and understanding who your buyers are, what makes them a strong buyer how we've already discussed their positioning with earnest money, mm-hmm. their positioning with uh, their lender, what lender they're using. Yeah. And and I would say the first part of that process, When whenever I go to present an offer, I've already talked to that listing agent two or three times yep. to get more information about the property, more information about the seller, anything they're willing to share with me yeah. that can help us then position that buyer to be the best buyer in that situation. Well, and what's another reason that you do that, Chris? I mean, there's another reason, not just about
1: well, yeah, positioning not, the offer. Creating a relationship with the agent myself. Yeah. Make, you want the agent, we want the agent to say, oh, gosh, I'd, Mike has been great. I'd love, and so it can influence.
2: That's right.
0: Yeah. So, so I'll, happens, tell you what, I'll tell yeah. you this. Um, the last offer that I worked with and I've shared a little bit in our team meeting, but Mel presented an offer to me on Friday night. So we listed the house Thursday night, Friday, we had two or three showings and one of those was hers. And then we had a bunch lined up for Saturday in an open house. And so I was at dinner, in fact, that same dinner I was talking about a minute ago when I met those clients and, um, I started getting texts from Mel and it was the first indication. And it was only an hour after she had shown the house and just, she let me know, "Hey, um, Hey, we, can we talk soon? And I, I didn't, you know, I waited about an hour and then I called her as soon as I could. And we started talking about that, and she, that was the first indication that there was interest. And of course, she's not playing the, the buyer's hand. She's not revealing anything. She's just starting that communication with me and starting to to find out what's going on with the house and just gathering information. And over the next 12 hours, um, she, I mean, she shared with me what the buyers are, both physicians from out of town. One's, one's getting ready to um, finish school. The other one's already working. They have a pre-approval letter from a from somebody, they love the house, this is what they love about the house, their timing is flexible, they're renting a house on a month-to-month, and right when she said that, my ears perked up because as I sat with the sellers in the consultation, they told me that timing was more important than price, and that their very best scenario, if they could paint the perfect picture, would be to close in April and then move out in June, which is really rare, mm-hmm. but they said, if I could have, if you know, she said, if I can create five offers by a little bit more of an aggressive price so I can pick the timing, and so when I heard that the timing was flexible with Mel, I started suggesting maybe we could get creative on that. Anyway, they presented an offer that was was uh, I mean we so, didn't really have a choice but to so sign it, that sign that offer. So the truth was was would would you say that by Mel reaching out to you that she was already starting to negotiate? Oh yeah, definitely. Here's what's funny too is um, two days later, you know, and, and it's funny because when when I used to list homes in the le- well, okay, so back up, so. Two days later, I get an email from a different agent that had shown on that very first night that we were on the market, I said, hey, we're really interested in this house. Let me know if anything happens on it. We'd been pending for a day and a half. <laughs> and I laughed, and I was like, well, and, and I'm, again, so there's, the, it's that dips back to your fail on the communication. And, you know, two or three years ago, it would be natural if I got an offer to go in there and look at all the showings, mm-hmm. and I'll still do that most of the time, but in this case, that offer was so good. But. But I also, we made the assumption that because that agent hadn't let reached out to us, and, I, and I get it, as a listing agent, normally I'm going to go hound at it because I want to drive the price up for my seller, but we had an offer already that it she just everything. absolutely, it made everything. everything. And she didn't really want to play the game. In fact, yeah. she was wanting to cancel showings. But I, I mean, that agent to come back two days later That's and say they the were one. interested. It's huge.
2: It's not your obligation to do that other agent's job. That's what, what drives yeah. me nuts about, hey, let me know. Well, right. not only oh, that, right. uh, <laughs> not only that, that, agent's buyer
1: might have been an amazing buyer. Right. I mean might have gotten the house had that agent been more proactive. And so that's really, that's part of the be be sure that you're selecting an agent, the right agent who's going to communicate. But you hit, when that question came from you, Sean, what's the biggest mistake? The first thing that came to my mind is a listing hits and I mean I happen to check my email and there's an offer. Yeah. I mean, no text, if, no call. Uh, no text, no call. How can no a consumer
0: anything? know if they're hiring an agent like Agent A in my scenario or Agent B in my scenario? I guess it goes back to what you said in the last episode, right? Just that's episode, what the right? practices are. What right? do you do? You know, to the, where where the volumes at? Go where the volumes at, and where the reps are at, and the experience is at. I know that's brutal.
1: Yeah, but I will tell <laughs> it's you. It's brutal, they're, but there are experienced agents though that that that's still not their practice. I um, yeah. so you just kind of have to ask and don't lead when you ask the questions about so tell us about your negotiation because I always say that so I've been doing this 33 years I don't know how to quantify what my negotiation skills are worth how do I how do I build dollars around that Um, I just know about results and and so that negotiation skill in every other in every profession i know of people value negotiation skills so make sure that i guess bottom line when you're looking for an agent this is back to our last week but just make sure you're comfortable with that agent that they Get it? They, whether yeah. you're buying or selling, here's how they that know that agent. They
0: should ask us to reduce our commission. In that's the what I was
1: just going to yeah. say. They should test <laughs> the our ability yeah. to negotiate. Yeah, well. that's, fact. that's yeah. a whole other
0: discussion. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: I'm in it. Yeah, we better not go there. Yeah. yeah, we will go there. Okay,
0: so let's talk about a couple other things. What what is it generally? If a if a buyer, um, what are the top three or four points in an offer that they can use besides price? To create a strong offer, you do one, I'll do one.
2: I would say um, you probably could go to inspection terms if, if you were wanting to get really aggressive with. Um, an offer, you could go to the inspection. In Idaho, we've got inspection terminology that is very specific and it's basically states you have a certain number of days to do an inspection and these are the three different options you have at that point. One is to ask, well one is to accept it as is, two is to ask for repairs and three is you can just walk terminate, away, yeah. terminate. And so if we wanna compete, sometimes we'll, um, we'll insert language, there's a number of different ways to do it that actually makes that a little safer for the seller right. is how okay. I'll put it. Because okay. it's very buyer, it's very
1: buyer favored. I don't favor slanted. Yeah, or so. sl- I was going to yeah. say slanted, but I thought that was the wrong word. It's it's definitely yeah. language that is more buyer
0: oriented than it is seller. Yeah, oriented. definitely. Yeah. And and a buyer could potentially go all the way to the extreme of just removing the inspection contingency, and that's probably not the right solution it's, for most yeah. buyers. But on the one end, to to illustrate yeah. the extreme of that. I mean and that speaks volumes yeah. to a seller. It's often not the best solution for a seller, which can be another
1: discussion too yeah. by not having an inspection and then people move in and discover things and they can go hard. Right. So another thing that I would say, uh, earnest money. Okay. You so know, talk somebody to me about somebody that. comes along and they're offering on a $700,000 house and there's a $1,000 earnest money. Yeah. And so we often call earnest money serious money. So when yeah. I look at a $1,000 on a $700,000 house, my instant thought is, really? Are they really serious? I mean, it'd take a thousand dollars to hold a new car for a couple of days, right? Yep. I mean, so there's that word, right? What would um, you
0: say? So, oh man, <coughs> um, well, that, that example I just shared, the, to, the closing date, and, and that's one most buyers are flexible on that nowadays, so that's, that's if, if nothing else, the agent should be communicating What's, what's an ideal closing date for the scenario? In this case, how can we make this the sellers? Because next to price, the timing of things is probably the thing that is occupying the most space in the seller's mind. This whole idea of relocating my family and getting this stuff out of the house. So if I can present an offer that puts, puts the seller at ease in terms of the angst around that timing, that can go a long ways. So, yeah. and the the one I shared is very extreme to actually let the seller stay in the house after closing. That's kind of, I mean, because there's risk involved in that, and you're now our own. And we did. They they said, hey, give us fifteen hundred bucks as just a single flat fee for the six weeks you live there, which was was totally fair and reasonable. But sometimes they could even say for free, right? A, 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 what do we call that? Extended occupancy mm-hmm. or delayed or occupancy? Delayed occupancy, yeah. yeah. And so that would be, that would be one I think is just something around the timing. So.
2: Lender. We didn't lender, say lender, but yeah. yeah. lender. I was
0: about to say desirable lender.
1: Desirable okay.
0: local lender. Yep. Right. Okay, so, so we've done four, right? Well, if you count purchase price, inspection terms, yep. uh, closing date, what was the one that used oh earnest money? Earnest Anything money. Anything else? Um, inclusions and so exclusions?
1: Inclusions and exclusions, maybe language around appraisal where we yeah. where we see that we may be stretching. Mm-hmm. Yet, yeah. Yet okay. A,
0: so Anything you want to share
1: on that, like in detail, or or is that well, one you... well? Um, so someone comes in and and we know we're pushing it, and maybe we'll say whatever the house is, and we'll say that it's listed whatever the price is, and the, your offer is thirty thousand dollars over okay. the listing. Okay, price. so listing
0: house listing at five hundred thousand, offer comes in at five five hundred thirty. Okay, and so
1: well, what? So we know that that price has been moved upward, and In that situation, there's very likely more than one choice with the offers. Um, So having what I call a a pre-agreed a a solution to a pre-agreed issue would be what if the house appraises for less than it appraises for? So perhaps the buyer is willing to cover a certain amount of that. For example, um, if the appraisal comes in low, buyer agrees to cover the first. Let's go back to your example. So appraisal five, comes in at five fifteen. Then and maybe the language in there said buyer agrees to make up it make up fifteen thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars of the first ten thousand dollars if the appraisal comes in less than. Okay. And so in that case, if it came in at five fifteen if the language said ten, that means the seller can still keep this together if one, they think that it was a good appraisal, and now it's only five thousand, and the buyer absorbed the first ten thousand, and so yeah. buyer still gets the house, seller still sells the house, everybody goes along and does their thing. So that's cool. that's an option.
0: Yep. Um, extreme example of that would be to waive the appraisal entirely. Mm-hmm. Of course, they have to have the financial ability to do that because if the appraisal comes in in that case at four fifty, right. and and they're doing a ninety percent loan to value loan, then the lender's only going to ro- loan up to. 405 in that case, right? Mm-hmm. If my math's correct. Mm-hmm. So now the seller has to have enough cash to bridge the gap between 405 and 530 if that was the price and so they have to have the ability to do that but if they waive that that's a big deal or cash it's one of the reasons why we talk about cash being this amazing thing and it's funny because if you get a loan to buy my house that turns into cash it's on closing same, day same thing so that it's, it it's all the cash terms. in my bank but it yes it's risk. You know the terms. it's risk it's risk it's risk and so cuz you have you now you've introduced the appraisal risk and you've introduced just the qualification risk and so and the rest of that conversation is that if you're a buyer and you're coming in you're buying
1: a $400,000 house and you're going to put $200,000 down, either you or your agent can ask the lender, are we going to have the ability to waive the appraisal? Yeah. Because there are some lenders who can routinely you do that. The,
0: if, the lender of waiving it, the not lind- the buyer.
1: Right. Well, I mean the buyer they, ends up but so because what, the lender doesn't even need to do But what I'm one. saying is that enables you in the contract to yeah. say, hey, we're going to waive the appraisal because my lender's not going to require an appraisal yeah. because of my down payment and my credit score. Yeah, yeah. That's and, and, and your aid's great great if you right? And so that's another thing that can be done. Yeah. There are lots of things. We're just touching things here yeah. that can be done to influence that yeah, offer. Yeah, the others you have to that's sign a, a rep. <laughs> you have
0: to sign a representation <laughs> agreement with Anderson yeah, Hicks yeah. to get the other. Tips and tricks. Yeah. Exactly. Lots of that's stuff. the premium. That's As the premium we've been talking offer. about this,
2: <laughs> what's interesting about this is, is all three of us list a lot of properties. And that is what creates, that's what gives us an edge. Because we see the offers that are coming to yeah. multiple different properties. We see the things that are happening in the market. And so for our team, it's very beneficial when we can come back and coach these buyer agents mm-hmm. and train them on, okay these are the really nice things that we're seeing on these properties. And Steve, you know, mm-hmm. Anderson, he's he's really good at doing that as well. But yeah so it goes oh. back to the reps. I mean, that that experience is giving us an edge there. It's yeah. it, the vital
1: thing is that just having the agent that's willing to, to do those things and to take those steps, slow the game down. And it, this conversation, if you're a buyer listening to this conversation, this can sound seller slanted. Oh, you're doing all this stuff to help the seller. Well, yes, I won't disagree with that. We are. But what we're also doing is trying to help you as a buyer have a strategy to win. Back in to the mindset house. we talked about yeah, in our last the podcast. Question, what is mindset, it take? What can I do to win? And that creates a win-win, yeah. which is beautiful. When both clients are, feel like they're winning, yeah. then, then it creates a good solution and we get to close. Perfect. Because
2: the other side of that is buyer fatigue. Yes, we're seeing multiple buyers in the market right now that have placed six to eight offers, and they're just done. Yeah, they aren't Tap winning.
0: Burning up. Yep, that's right. All right, awesome. Well, we'll wrap it up. We're gonna we were gonna talk a little bit about the inspection, but we'll move that into the next and final episode, which, which is the appraisal inspection and the closing. We'll have to figure out how to keep in. that in. Inspection we'll go a little bit longer than that, but yeah, yeah, we need to take some time on inspection and go into yeah, it, sure. and that'll be, that's kind of after we have a property under contract. So, so far we've kind of covered getting up to having a binding agreement between a buyer and a seller that we're going to actually close on this house, so and we'll talk about the next part of that in you know, the final at, episode. We look at each of these topics and we think, okay, we can blow through that
1: in ten minutes, then we start talking about it and we realize that none of this is simple, Yep. and so it, it just increases the reminder everybody Use a professional. Yep. When you're doing real estate, and share this. Use a professional.
0: Share it out. I know. I know people. You probably know people that are looking for houses right now. Make sure they're watching this series. They need to know this information. And we've told it. We've said this before. I mean, of course, we're competitors, and we want business, and we we believe we're the best. Um, there are a lot of really Fine, great agents in this quality. area. So if you're working with one in this area. Continue to engage with them, um, but yeah, share this share this content out to people that are looking for houses. We love nothing more than when other buyer's agents come armed to have a great inspection to where we're looking for a win-win, and we yeah. can use these different solutions and strategies to create a scenario where the buyer and seller are both thrilled at closing day. So yeah, so yeah keep subscribing and sharing. We appreciate your support, and we'll be back next week for Episode 5.
2: Thanks. Bye.